illegal participation on the defense. 15-yard penalty from the previous spot remains first down. This had better be a big play after all of that. Second down at eight, four and a half to go in the half, six nothing Beavers. Jonathan from the right hash from the zone 25, goes back to throw, and throws the out, and it's caught, and it's going to be a big play! Chad Johnson down the left sideline, nobody will catch Chad, and it's a touchdown 75 yards for the Beavers! This is the moment, and right here will tell perhaps all about that. Third and one and a half from the right hash. Simon's in the handoff, can't cut to the left, first down and more, 30, 25, 20, Simonton on his way, 10, into the end zone, touchdown Beavers, and the streak is going to end here tonight. The snap on target to Nick. he gets a much better punt away here, Sammy Strotter back to his 30 yard line, starts up the middle, gets to the 40, he's got a seam, 45 midfield, 45, 40, he's got a chance to go, 20, 15, 10, 5, Welcome to Illegal Participation, the official podcast of the Heinrich Tailgater. Recording this while firmly ensconced at the Heinrich Tailgater headquarters, I'm your host and the big bald guy behind the grill, Bill Heine Heinrich. Joining me as always from Twin Pines Vineyards and Airbnb, the director of thermodynamic lipid immersion, my co-host and brother, the Beach. Beach, how in the heck are you doing? Uh, you know, Billy, I'm just living the dream over here on the farm. There you go. So, well, anyway, the grapes are getting close to being uh, picked, I think, probably in the next week or two. Will you get some this year? Uh, supposed to get about a ton to a ton and a half. Maybe, really? Well, a ton and a half to two tons. We'll see. I don't know. The, the grapes I have are a variety called Swan, and they're supposed to be like a smaller grape. Oh. But... Uh, I don't know. I, I uh, people who follow me on Facebook, I made the comment, but my my vineyard manager Jorge said uh, my grapes are like teenagers right now. They're uh, they're uh, they're there's a couple of early frisky ones, but for the most part, they're they're not ready to settle down yet and start a family. There you go. So, well, the purpose of illegal participation is for us to talk beaver sports, tailgating, anything else we find interesting every week, and just generally have some fun. This week, Beach, show number 161, episode three of season 10. Ooh. Episode three? Yeah. When was our first one? Before I went to Florida. Okay, okay. Then we had one last week, and then this one's episode three. Oh, that's right. We had a gap there, didn't we? Yep. Uh, but you kept posting your countdown while you were in Florida, which was quite impressive. That I did. Your, your commitment to the to the to the tailgater and to the uh, beaver nation as a whole i mean i really sometimes think they should mention you over the the um maybe they'll have like a special mention for you over the uh, loudspeaker one of the games probably not we, we'd personally like to thank the tailgater and bill heinrich for his daily countdown <laughs> they'd get my name wrong yeah what, what did they call us that one time when we won the tailgater or the miller family or something 
Yeah, a... <laughs> See, this goes back to when I was like eight. So when I was eight, they had a the first shirt. It was at W. Henry Elementary, and they sold a shirt with everybody with everybody's names on it. Everybody's name on it, right? Uh huh. And I bought one. I couldn't wait to see my name on this shirt. And I was got it. Was it white? Was it white? It might have been. But I was excited. White, like blue printing. So I, I, I started going down. I think I was in third grade. Third grade sticks out in my mind. And I can't remember whose name was before mine. It said something, something, Heinrich, Christy Kurtz. The only thing I put in was my last name. And I you believe no I name. was the only one in the whole school whose name got screwed up. You know, that's when you realize that the world sucks. Yeah. At a very early age. You're like, I'm not important. Nobody gives a damn. The world's against me. Screw this crap. I'm going home. Yep. Yeah. Yep. No, that's. Piss me off. Yeah. Uh, I, I got a, I got an award one year for selling trucks. So they spelled my name wrong. Really? Yeah. Uh, my, 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 uh, my uh, GM it was General Motors Isuzu commercial truck rep, Andrea Sanborn. She gives me the, she presents me this beautiful plaque, mean that I'm a gold level or a silver level salesman for, for the nation. And she hands it to me. And I'm like, and I, I don't know if it was brain or what. I'm like, brain, great. And I throw it right in the trash behind me, right in front of her. Really? Yeah. And, and she's like, well, we'll get you a new one. I'm like, I don't need that. That shit don't pay my mortgage. Yeah. You know, I, what, what does an award do? What does any of that crap do? Well, they you feel know? good because they've done something. Yeah, exactly. No, <laughs> you know what? I, I, I work to, to satisfy customers and to make a living oh. and a stupid piece of wood with somebody who printed my name wrong on it. Doesn't mean jack crap. It doesn't do anything. Give me 150 I, bucks instead of what you spent on the thing. Exactly. Exactly. That way I could go out to dinner. I had a salesman. I worked with one time, Bob Hoyt. He goes up to me and he says, he says, well, Brian, you know, those mean something, you know, it shows people that, that you know what you're doing and, and, and that you're, 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 you're educated and skilled. And I'm like, if they can't pay, figure that crap out by how I do my job, then I don't deserve to, to, to sell them anything. You know, yeah. if I'm that, if I, if they can't figure out that I'm competent in what I do, then why am I even here? So anyway. Okay. I want to remind everyone you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, any other podcatcher. Get in touch with us, HeinrichTailgaterGmail.com, at HeinrichTailgater on Twitter, and HeinrichTailgater on Facebook. All right, Beach. Oh, you know what I didn't do? What didn't you do? Push record? No, I did that part. Uh, okay. I didn't open the Heinrich Tailgater mailbag, and <laughs> we only got a ta- we only got an email from Kyle. I hate you, Kyle. Oh. Is that is that Kyle's official pick? That's Kyle's official pick, so no emails. And that's uh, picks, not picks, according to his text message. Correct, I saw. correct. Um, all right, Beach. It's time to talk last a little. Time, last thing we need is some random picks of Kyle. This I mean, is nobody true. wants to see that. Exactly. Um, I only think Kyle's wife wants to see that. Uh, Kyle's a very handsome man. Um, there's, a reason why, there's a reason why we turn the lights off. <laughs> all right, Beach. Uh, let's talk some Beaver Sports news. First up, women's volleyball. Oh, one reason to turn the lights on. Okay. What do we got with women's volleyball, Billy? Well, Beach, uh, the uh, Oregon State women's volleyball team fell 3-1 to one against LSU in the Penn State Classic in University Park, Pennsylvania over the weekend. 
Is that is that go Tiger? Let's go Tiger. Then on Saturday, the Bees fell to Penn State three to nothing, followed by a three to nothing defeat to Iowa State. Weren't they starting off really well? Well, Beach, the Bees are now one and four, and they will take on UAB on the tenth. What the hell is UAB? University of Alabama Birmingham. Oh. The Blazers. Like jackets? No, like dragons. Oh, okay. It's a dragon. They're the Blazers. So a blazer? Blaze comes out of their mouth. Oh, okay. Okay. I thought it was fire, but okay. Yep. Uh, on to some women's cross-country news. Ooh. We don't talk enough about cross-country. No, and that's what I figured we would today. The Oregon State women's cross-country team opened the season with a first-place team finish with 23 points at the Viking Rust Buster, hosted by Portland State in Portland on Friday. Richard sophomore Grace Featherstonehall and juniors Mari Friedman and Haley Wolf notched top five finishes for the Beavs. Now, the Beavs are slated to compete at the Ash Creek Invite, hosted by Western Oregon on September 10th. So, so, so running through Portland uh, on a cross country thing, like hopping homeless people, dodging Antifa. Yep. That kind of stuff. Yep. That's some talent right there. Slaloming through the piles of feces and spent hypodermic needles. Yeah, and trying to avoid tent camps and stuff in the middle of the sidewalks. Well, you really can't avoid them. Yeah, you got to go out in the middle of the street, though. I mean, yeah. that's dangerous. Yeah. So. So. I just like the name of that, the Viking Rust Buster. Yeah. After you have to go across. Did you know the, um, I don't know what the bridge is, the the one black bridge that's the, the lift bridge? Is that the, the steel, steel bridge? I think it's a steel. Yeah. Did you know that that's owned by the railroad? Really? Yeah. So the railroad actually owns that bridge and the city of Portland has to pay rent on it. And I believe that Max goes across that bridge too. I think it does. Does it go across? Yeah, so I'm not sure if that if it does on that one or not, but I think yeah the the city has to pay rent on that. Really? Let me look it up. Yeah. Where did you learn this? I don't know. Read it somewhere, but yeah, it's I mean it's it's the railroad bridge because the lower bridge is the railroad, and the upper bridge is the is so the, yeah. Uh, so the steel bridge. Um. Two, you know, outer, I, two outer lanes for general traffic, two outer lanes solely for max light rail and sidewalks on both sides. Lower is for the Union Pacific Railroad. And the train itself is owned by the Union Pacific. Yeah, owner Union Union Pacific Perfect. Railroad, maintained by Union yeah. Pacific Railroad. Yeah, they get they get they get paid rent by the state or by the That's by the crazy. city. And probably by Metro for the train too, for the Metro too. So yeah. Yeah, nobody knows this stuff. Isn't it random crap that you learn on Heinrich Tailgater? I feel so, like we have a very educated audience. That's, that's that. the second oldest vertical lift bridge in North America. <laughs> it looks it, too. You know I what? keep wondering. Number, they, they, they collect this money from the city. I don't know if they put a dime in it. So it says they maintain it. Um, it opened in, ni- it opened <laughs> it in 1912. It's a 109-year-old bridge. <laughs> no, no, it says they maintain it. They collect the money to maintain yeah. it. I don't know how much maintenance. Is so the, the oldest vertical lift bridge in North America is the nearby Hawthorne. Really? Yeah. And the Hawthorne looks a little better shape than the than the uh, steel one does. Yeah, so that bridge replaced the steel bridge that was built in 1888. Holy cow, that one didn't last very long though, did it? It was the that was the first um railroad bridge across the Willamette. Huh. Did it have a lift on it? 
Uh, no, that was a swing. Oh, okay. So, yeah, that's interesting. Its name originated because steel instead of wrought iron was used in its construction. Because yeah, a wrought iron would rust. Yeah. There's still a swing bridge over there in on the Columbia, isn't there? Where the train goes across? I don't know. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. So there you go. A little bridge history on a finer tailgater. There you go. All right, Beach, let's move on to women's soccer. Okay. Uh, again, any sport that involves women wearing short shorts is a great sport. The Oregon State women's soccer team opened its weekend in Connecticut with a 6-1 to victory over Yale last Friday, extending its season-opening win streak to five games. This is getting exciting. Yeah. Then on Sunday, the Bees remained unbeaten with a 2-0 win over Central Connecticut. Nice. Yep. Next up, the Bees travel to UC Irvine for a game on Thursday. Hmm. That's always good. What were we? Oh, it was. Um, we we didn't talk. We we haven't talked about it the the game yet. But uh, it was just interesting about artificial turf versus natural surfaces. The mostly soccer plays on artificial around here, don't they? Um, I don't. I believe so. Well, hold on. But in our turf, they have sprinklers on. Yeah, so that's not they? that that that's turf. Yeah, that's that's yeah, grass. Yeah, that's that's grass. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So but you, but they, those are oh. but though you got to remember those fields don't get as much use as as football fields do. Yeah. Well, how so? I mean, well, you got just so many people running around with cleats. No, you don't. But, oh, I guess you're right. You only got There's, how many people are on a what, like nine, five, nine or ten. seven? Where the where the most wear is going to occur to for me on a soccer field is probably going to be from the goalie. Yeah. Walking back and forth in the goal area. But soccer, yeah. the ball's all over the place. Whereas in football, you know, the ball's placed between the hash marks. And really, mm. most of your game is played between like the 30s. Yeah. So that's where you're getting a lot of your wear. And that's also where you have your offensive and defensive linemen. Mm-hmm. So th- those fields tend to get a little more um, beat up, I think. I, I, I remember in high school uh, playing at Harefield uh, for Glencoe High School out in Hillsboro. And uh, they would, uh, Vern, Vern Petrick would go out there like on uh, Thursday and he would roll the field with a, with a roller to try to get the mud flat so he could, so he could chalk it just so it turned back into to roughed up mud by the end of Friday night. Pretty much, yeah. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. Oh, golly, yeah. So, good, good old Vern Petrick, God rest his soul. So. Looking for. All right, Beach, next up is men's soccer. Okay. Not, now, men in short shorts, not my thing. But, you know, to each his own. I'm not going to judge. Um, the Oregon State men's soccer team defeated Air Force 4-1 to one on last Monday. Then oh, the, so what's, what's the record? Well, then they picked up their third straight win on the season with a road victory over Portland 2 to nothing on Friday to start 3-0. and Is that Portland State or UAP? Um, University of Portland. Okay. And Monday Night Bees, right now, they um, were playing host to Grand Canyon. And I'm trying to look up what the score of that game is, and I can't seem to find it. Hmm. It's looking like Grand Canyon might be op- up one nothing, but I can't tell. You looking at ESPN.com? No, I'm looking at uh, OCBeavers.com. 
Oh, okay. But I can't see they, how much time's left. Do they continually update that? I don't know. So then I went over to the Pac-12 station, or mm-hmm. Pac-12 chain, and it says zero zero. Ah. So and it only wants to give me the UCLA game. Okay, I was gonna say I thought ESPN ran real time, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if they have soccer on there. Yeah, I've only ever I've only paid attention for football. Yeah. Like you know, the, like a real sport. Yep. All right. So uh, that's it for that. Okay. Well, still impressive. Hopefully yeah. the boys will be able to pull it out. Yeah. But the ladies, is this their best start ever? No. I think they've opened up with like five or six wins in a row. Okay. Well, cool. Exciting. Hey, Billy. Yeah, B. Did you hear that? Yes, I do. Hold on here just a second here. Let me rip, the, let me rip this bitch off. This just in. Smoke likely to move west to Oregon fires, causing it to settle in Eugene. According to Channel 16 KMTR of Eugene, as uh, as the fires burn through the Oregon forests, a thick layer of smoke is bogging down in highly populated areas like Eugene, Bend, and Lapine. While the residents of Bend and Lapine are showing signs of concern about the air quality, the residents of Eugene, and primarily U of O, seem to be enjoying the additional smoke at the ground level air, saying it reminds them of being inside their apartments. <laughs> and this has been your update from Eugene. There you go. They're just hot boxing themselves. <laughs> I was going to clean my room, but then I got out. There you go. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right, Beach. it is now time to go under further review for week number one in the Pac-12. After further review, the runner did cross the line. The Touchdown. All righty. You ready for this? Really? I, well, I didn't take notes last week. I'm going to take notes this week on who I guess. Because, you know, when, when, we sh- when we do this record, I'm pretty much stone drunk and high. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I never remember what I say. There you go. Well, I've got them all written down here. Okay. Um, we skipped the first game of the season because we forgot to do it. It was mm-hmm. kind of the zero week, the UCLA Hawaii game. But we yep. picked all the games last week, and it's yep. kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Kind of interesting. The one game we didn't pick was the Oregon State game, which we're not going to pick this year. Okay. Because we know what our picks are going to be. Yeah, we're not going to we're not going to bet against the Beaver. Exactly. All right, Beach. So first up was Thursday, September second. Mm-hmm. We had a Weber State at Utah. I'm pretty sure I picked the Utes on this one, Billy. Didn't all, we all pick the Utes? All three of us did. Number 24, Utah slowly pulled away for a 40-17 to 17 win over Weber State um, on the strength of senior transfer quarterback Charlie Brewer and an impressive stable of tight ends, while Weber State shook off a slow offensive start and found some success later. A lot of transfers this year, aren't there? Yep. Um, a lot of transfers just all over the place. Now, Beach, is, that, is, is that because of uh, the change in rules, or is that because of COVID, or a combination of both? Combination of both. Okay. And they don't have to sit out a season when they transfer right now. Okay. You've got one mulligan, basically. Gotcha. Now, immediately after Kyle Thompson punched through the extra point at 547 in the first half, Referees announced the game was going under a weather delay due to lightning in the area. Not long after, dark clouds covered Rice-Eccle Stadium, and lightning struck several times overhead as the skies opened to a downpour. An hour later, nearby lightning continued despite the emergence of the sun, 
which restarted the 30-minute restart clock with every strike. So the game finally resumed at 7:18, and Utah needed only five plays to retake the lead. And with a 17-yard pass from Brewer to tight end, Dalton Kincaid to make it 10-7. And they basically never looked back. Wow. Yep. So we all got the win there. Then nice. also on Wednesday or on Thursday night beach, we had Southern Utah at Arizona State. Ooh, Southern Utah. I think uh, I took Arizona State, did I not? All three of us did. Okay. Logan Tyler, his opening kickoff went out of bounds to open the game, but it did get better from there. Led by the dynamic backfield of Chad White and DeMonte Trianum, Arizona State beat Southern Utah 41-14 to on Thursday. White and Trianum finished the game combining for 110 yards and four TDs. Each running back had a highlight run into the end zone. White benefited from a huge hole on a fourth and one play in the first quarter, taking it in from 26 yards out, while Trianum showed a few nice moves on his second touchdown score on his 20-yard touchdown run. Hmm. So there you go. Looks like they got a couple of talented running backs there. Yeah. Okay, Beach, then we had one game on September 3rd. We had Northern Colorado at Colorado. Ooh, and I want to say I took just Colorado. Um, that is true. I also took Colorado. Kyle, however, I hate you, Kyle. Kyle took Northern Colorado. Carl Carl Dorrell's Colorado Buffaloes overcame a slow start Friday night to grind out a 35-7 win over Northern Colorado in both teams' season opener at Folsom Field. The Buffs struggled to find their offensive footing early, but they put two scores on the board in the second quarter while the defense produced a first-half shutout, then added 21 points in the second half to wrap up the win. Cool. So there we go. It'll be interesting to see how uh, Carl Durrell does there. He was not successful at UCLA. So hmm. but we'll see what happens there. All right, Beach, next up, all the games were on the fourth. We had Stanford at Kansas State. Pretty sure I took the Cardinal on that one. You did. However, Kyle and I took Kansas State. How'd that turn out for you? Skylar Thompson set the tone for Kansas State when the quarterback put his left shoulder down and bowled into the end zone for the first of his two touchdown runs as the Wildcats opened the season with a 24-7 win over Stanford on Saturday. Stanford was down 24 to nothing before Tanner McKee's 14-yard touchdown pass to Bryson Tremaine with 316 left on its last offensive snap. The Cardinal, who last year won the last four games of their pandemic-shortened 4-2 season, did not fare so well this time out. You know, I hope none of our uh, listeners listen on this at one and a half speed because they wouldn't be able to listen, understand a damn word you're saying. I listen to myself on one and a half speed. I can understand me. Oh, okay. I listen to all my podcasts on one and a half speed. Do you? Yeah, I screwed it up the first time. Like, I accidentally hit it. And so oh, I'd be yeah. listening to it. I'm like, what the hell's wrong with this? And I just I was like, oh, this isn't too bad. And so I'm now I'm just used to listening to it one and a half speed. If I try to turn it down to regular... It sounds like they're talking like this. Do you have to, uh, now, do you have to listen to a a particular podcast in order to listen to it at one and a half speed? I've got them all set at one and a half speed. So, and, but what, 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 uh, what do you, what uh, do you use to listen to podcasts? Well, I use an iPod, so I'm using a Apple podcast, but if you use a Google podcast, you can do the same thing. 
Okay. Okay. You know, I don't really listen to podcasts that much. I do listen to Daily Wire, but I just listen to it directly on their app. I'll tell you what, listening to Ben Shapiro is tough at speed and half. Okay. I I bet you it is. He's a fast talker. But, but I don't know if you can, I don't know if you can do that when you're listening to it directly on their app. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I'll have to see if there's a setting for that. I need to listen to more podcasts, but anyway, cool. So yeah. So Kyle and I got the win. You, however, Beach did not. You suck, Billy. Kyle, Kyle All right, lost go on one next. last game. You lost one on this game. Okay. Next up, Beach, Fresno State at Oregon. And I picked Oregon. I picked Oregon on this one, didn't I? All three of us did. Yeah. Oregon quarterback Anthony Brown Jr. scored on a 30-yard quarterback keeper with 2.57 left, and the Ducks overcame a wobbly season opener with a 31-24 victory over the Bulldogs on Saturday. Oregon jumped to a 21-6 lead, but Fresno State scored two unanswered touchdowns to tie the game midway through the third quarter, then took the lead early in the fourth on Abraham Montano's field goal. Fresno State got a 25-yard game-time field goal before Brown's go-ahead touchdown. Dag nabbit. I know, but we all got the win there. I would have been happy to take the loss. Me too. Me too. Oh, well. All right, Beach, up next, San Jose State at USC. Ooh, I picked uh, USC on this one, but I believe you guys picked San Jose, didn't you? Uh, I did. Kyle took USC. How'd that turn out for you, Billy? USC wide receiver Drake London caught a career-high 12 passes for 137 yards. Greg Johnson returned a late interception, 37 yards for a touchdown, and the Trojans pulled away for a 30-7 victory over the Spartans. Now, USC still hasn't lost a home opener played in the Coliseum in the 21st century. But until the fourth quarter, this victory was another version of the underwhelming starts that have been common under seventh-year head coach Clay Helton. The Trojans led the defending Mountain West champs just 13-7 heading into the final period, but the USC defense capped its impressive day with Johnson's TD return to push the lead to 23-7 with 11.42 left, followed by a stop of the Sparts on downs near the goal line with 7.20. So San Jose State kind of held in there. Yeah, better than I thought they would. Yep. But so, USC doesn't seem to be matter who their coach is. They've always seemed to be a a, a second half team. You know. Yeah, yeah. Well, they've got a lot of talent. You know, I just think that's very undercoached. Mm-hmm. All right, so we got that one down. I took the loss on that one. Next so now up, we're all tied up at five, five, and five. Is that what I'm correct. counting there? Next wow. up, beach okay. we had Montana. At Washington. Ooh. I I think I failed on this one because I took you a dub. All three of us did. Saturday, in its first game in front of fans in 645 days, uh, Washington put together one of the most embarrassing performances in program history, a 13-7 defeat to FCS Montana. Now, against a Montana team that lost its past two games against FBS opponents by a combined score of 98-10, to Washington managed seven measly points. Those came on the opening drive of the game, a nine-play, 78-yard march that included 34 yards rushing by Richard Newton and a one-yard quarterback sneak by second-year starter Dylan Morris. Now, Morris completed 27 of 46 passes for 226 yards and three interceptions, the last of which effectively ended the game on the Grizz's 33-yard line with 31 seconds left. And the Husky offensive line that head coach Jimmy Lake called, quote, extremely veteran, talented, and deep five days ago, paved the way for just 65 rushing yards and 2.4 yards per carry, 
while allowing a trio of drive deflating sacks. How can they be this pathetic? Is it coaching? There's a lot of people pissed up in uh, the Seattle area right now. I mean, it, because it's one thing to lose to a Pac-12 team, mm-hmm. but I mean, this is like losing to your kid brother's girlfriend. Yeah. Well, remember, Oregon State's done it twice. I know, but we're Oregon State. We have low expectations. <laughs> so, anyways, you all took the loss there. Up next, Beach. We, we don't. We don't have. We don't have an ego. Yeah. Right. Uh, try not to. Up next, Beach. LSU at UCLA. Go Tiger. Go Tiger. Uh, um, did, did I? I think I picked LSU. Did I not? All three of us did. Because we hate. But because why? We hate Chip Kelly. Because we hate Chip Kelly. <laughs> UCLA quarterback Dorian Thompson Robinson and UCLA picked up their third win over a ranked opponent during the Chip Kelly era Saturday night. A 38-27 victory over number 16 LSU in a nationally televised primetime game. Now, Thompson Robinson led the way. After struggling last week's opener against Hawaii, the junior bounced back by completing 9 of 16 passes for 260 yards, 3 touchdowns, and an interception. The Bruins' running backs averaged 7.3 yards per carry as junior Zach Charbonneau had his second straight 100-yard game with 117 yards on 11 carries and a TD. Britton Brown added 78 yards on 14 carries, including a fourth-quarter touchdown. But, I mean, you complete nine of – Nine passes for 260 yards. You know, you're averaging, what, 27, 28 yards a, a pass? Yeah, yeah. And and the and the running back had 11 carries for 117 yards, so he's averaging 10 yards a carry? I didn't watch that game. Did it look a lot like watching Oregon from 10 years ago? I don't know, but I, I don't think so. I just think LSU's defense looked bad. Well, and they could have. I just... You know, I talked to Dad, and Dad's like, well, you know, Chip Kelly's doing a good job. I said, they sell a dick. Pretty much, he's still a cheater. Exactly. So all three of us lost that one. A few games left. First up, Nevada at Cal. Mm. Um, I picked Cal. Correct. Kyle and I took Nevada. How'd that turn out for us? Well, Beach, Carson Strong threw for 312 yards and two touchdowns to lead the Wolfpack to a 22-17 victory over Cal on Saturday night in the season opener for both teams in Berkeley. Cal scored TDs on its first two drives, but then stalled, going three and out on the next four drives. While the Bears couldn't move the ball, Nevada scored 22 straight points. Wow. Is Nevada that good or Cal that bad? I don't think Nevada's great, but Cal did not look good at all. Okay, good to know. Keep this in memory for future games here. Yep, so Kyle and I got the win there. Up next, BYU at Arizona. Ooh. Um, dang. Who did I pick on this one? I was I was hitting the bottle pretty hard at this point. BYU. Last week. BYU. thought I picked BYU. I just don't ever – you know, I've never liked Arizona. Mm-hmm. I know my friend John would be a little upset about that because he's a – He's a wildcat. I know. I see him at Woodstocks every once in a while. Yeah, he he loves Woodstocks. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, he's just uh, I just don't. Uh, I think that's to a stoops. I, I can understand that. I think it's in its residual effects, right? Mm-hmm. Same reason like Chip Kelly could leave UCLA. I still probably hate UCLA for a good ten years afterwards. Yeah, it's that residual it's like stink. 
Exactly. It's like used underwear, you know? So, so Beach, BYU quarterback Jaron Hall accumulated 243 yards and two touchdowns as BYU defeated Arizona 24 to 16 at Allegiant Stadium on Saturday night in the season opener for both teams. Now, playing in their first non conference game in 721 days, the Wildcats lost their 13th consecutive game dating back to 2019. It was also the debut for Wildcats coach Jed Fish the former quarterbacks coach for the New England Patriots. Fish replaced Kevin Sumlin, who went 0-5 in 2020. Wow. Yeah, not looking good for Arizona. So, and you guys picked uh, you guys picked BYU as well? We all picked BYU. Okay, damn it, I'm still behind. Yep. So, Beads, <laughs> last game for the week that we picked, Utah State at Washington State. Utah State at Washington State. Again, I was hitting the printed bottle pretty hard at this point. I can't remember. Who did we pick? Kyle and I took Wazoo. You took Utah State. Ooh. Is that a good call? Logan Bonner threw a seven-yard touchdown pass to Devin Tompkins with 11 seconds left to lift Utah State to a 26-23 victory over Washington State on Saturday night. Now, Utah State got the ball back in its own 22 with 3.02 left, and Bonner drove them to the winning score in Blake Anderson's first game as the Aggies coach. Bonner completed a pass to Derek Wright for a two-point conversion and the final score. Now, for Wazoo, Max Borgie ran for 86 yards and a touchdown. This has got to be so embarrassing for all of the people up in Washington to have both of their schools lose to what should be lesser caliber schools. Really, yeah. At home, too. It's like Yoda says, how embarrassing, how embarrassing, mm-hmm. you know, when Obi-Wan was trying to find the planet. Yep. All right, Beach, so our last game of the week, which we did not pick, Oregon State at Purdue. Ooh, Oregon State at Purdue. I would have picked Oregon State on this one had you asked. Yeah, we all three would have. B.J. Baylor ran for a pair of touchdowns, and Tyjon Lindsay scored a second-career rushing touchdown in Oregon State's 30-21 season opening loss at Purdue on Saturday night. Now, Baylor scored on a nine-yard rush in the first quarter, then from two yards out in the fourth with just over three minutes remaining. That score pulled the Beavs to within two, 23-21, but the Boilermakers scored on a 50-yard pass a minute later to seal their nine-point victory. Now, Lindsay ended the game with four receptions for 42 yards in addition to one pass completion for 34 yards and two carries for 10. Trevon Bradford caught five passes for the Beavs for a team leading 75 yards. Defensively, the Beavs were led by Omar Spate, who hit double-digit sacks for the eighth time in his career. He totaled 12, while Avery Roberts on the the other side also posted his eighth career double-digit tackle game with 10. So a couple things on that game. Mm -hmm. Saw some talent out there. I agree. I thought Um, the defense played really, really extremely well. mm -hmm. That, Um, That bell for... Purdue, that wide receiver, that's a guy that's going to be playing on Sundays. He was yeah. he was long, ran great routes, was pretty quick, and he used his size perfectly. He's the kind well, of receiver they, that, that NFL coaches slobber over. Well, and they they had some uh they had some great pass defense too. Yeah. So yeah. I, I thought uh, they they were we couldn't get enough distance. Nope, on we some of those we, long runs. We couldn't get any separation. Um, no, I thought not at the all. Uh, I thought uh, the Beavs looked pretty good at times. Obviously, the offense really picked up when they made the change at quarterback and put Nolan in for Neuer. 
Yeah. Do, I, I thought do his. You think that's I, gonna, do you think that's going to be permanent, or do you think well, that was just? Um, as of today, uh, Jonathan Smith said he is not making any changes. They're going to keep seeing what they through the week, and they'll make a, a decision come game time. Mm-hmm. I figure they'll probably know by Thursday. See how they're but, performing. Uh, but I thought Nolan's. I thought Nolan's reads looked quicker. I thought mm-hmm. his passes looked um, more precise, had more on it. He just looked sharper, and he gets the only more... read. What was that? Uh, the only read I didn't care for was that uh, fourth down. That fourth down. It's yeah. funny. I had somebody ask me about that at work today. They're like, "Bill, talk me off the edge. Was that a bad call or not?" And I said, "It was a good call, bad read." Yeah. Yeah. And I, you, we, you were over here watching it with me. And as yeah. soon as he threw that down, I was like, why didn't he throw it over here? And you were like, what? And we ran right, it back. I didn't see him. With, with, with the, with the photography on the, the, the filming on it, I didn't see the guy go, go up to the top. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, they, I there was two him. guys I mean, he was standing on, alone. Yeah. There was two yeah. guys there. There was also another guy under, underneath that he could have thrown to. So mm-hmm. it was a good play call. Just, it was a, a bad, bad read. I think he was going for the home run ball. Yeah, and you don't need it at that point. You just need the first down. Yeah, yeah. So, but even when they were down, they never seemed to give up. I mean, they were on it. They were, they were. Uh, you know, so many times, especially under the Riley era, um, and he who shall not be named. Um, they, uh, they never seemed to have a really good organization when they were down to the last couple of minutes and down. You know, we would get delay. We would get delay of game penalties. Nobody would get on the ball. Um, there wasn't an effort to get out of bounds. You know, it was like they didn't know what to do in that kind of situation. I agree. And it it felt like they had a little bit more grasp of, <laughs> on how the game is played yeah. in the last two minutes when you're down and you're trying to get you're trying to recover. Mm-hmm. Uh, be- better than and I think that was true last year too. But it just it like I said, it's being coached, which I don't think they ever coached for that before. Yeah. So, anyway. But, good, 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 good. No, not giving up. It is still preseason. We still control. Our it's not preseason. It's non-conference. Uh, okay, it's still non-conference. We still control our uh, destiny for the Rose Bowl, and that's all I give a damn about. Yeah, Until well, our destiny is given up on the Rose Bowl, I, I still have faith. I, I I just want a bowl game first and foremost. Yep. I want. A but bowl I'd game. like to go to Pasadena. I would too. I would too. Yeah, a lot of cute girls in Pasadena. Um, I do know the Beavs open ten and a half point favorites this week over Hawaii at home. Okay. So I don't know the last time the bees have been double digit favorites. I'm just hoping for a win. So anyways, single digit, as long as it's on in our favor, I don't, you don't care what, what the, who's favored by what, as long as the bees win in the end. Exactly. Nobody really looks at the score in the grand scheme of things. They just look at W's and L's. I agree. You know why? Because there's no ties in football. Yep. All right, Beach. So after week one, we are all three tied up at eight out of eleven. That's crazy that we all tied up, even though we had so many variances. Yeah, yeah. Well, and you know, we 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 all lost two of the same games, and then it was all kind of varied. Yeah. You know, it was interesting. Interesting picks. I thought we were going to have a big, a more of a mess when you know we did all the picks and everything was different. Mm-hmm. But no. Nope. 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 All right, Beach. Um, now it'd be time to do the Pac-12 and the polls, but because there was a game Monday night, the polls have not been released yet, so we'll have to talk about that next week. I would imagine I would see Washington fall out of the poll. Mm-hmm. I, I would, would hope so. I imagine, <laughs> if they don't fall out, then the polls mean nothing. Exactly. I imagine we'll see UCLA move up in the polls. Okay. 
Um, Oregon probably wouldn't move. Arizona State will probably move up a little bit. I can't remember who else was in there. Utah. Was there any shocking, was there any shocking losses in any of their conferences? Um, I mean, the big one was, um, let's see. Scores. The Ohio State. Let's see. Week one scores. Ohio State beat Minnesota. Coast, uh, Coastal Carolina won. 22 won. 24 Utah won. 25 Arizona State won. Number 10, North Carolina lost to unranked Virginia Tech. 10 oh, to 17. Number one, Alabama beat number 14, Miami. 44 to 13. Number two, Oklahoma survived a scare from Tulane, 40 to 35. Number five, Georgia beat number three, Clemson, 10 to three. Okay. Uh, let's see. But we're still talking teams in the top 10 beat yeah. each other. Yeah, and, and, be, and, and it's pretty close, right? Yeah. Um, number six, Texas A&M won. Number seven, Iowa State beat Northern Iowa. Uh, number eight, Cincinnati beat Miami of Ohio. Number 11, Oregon won. Number 19, Penn State beat number 12, Wisconsin, but 16 to 10. Number 13, Florida beat Florida Atlantic. USC beat San Jose State. Unranked UCLA beat number 16, LSU. That was probably the biggest upset. Number 18, Iowa beat number 17, Indiana. Number 20, Washington lost to Montana. That was probably the biggest upset. 21, Texas beat 23, um, Louisiana Monroe, the Raging Cajuns. Is that what they're really called? Yeah. Um, I wonder if the Cajuns are upset about that name, if they want to demand a name change. They don't care. Um, and then number nine held on in overtime to beat unranked Florida State, 41-38. So. All right, Beach, it is now time of the week for the Tommy Tuberville. What's he think I look like? A jackass? You sure do. <laughs> jackass of the Week Award. Every week we discussed a person in college football who exemplifies a truly worse than sportsmanship, leadership, or just being a fan. And, Beach, this one's just kind of funny. Okay. So uh, I don't know if you saw anything about this, but uh, as we spoke earlier, number 18, Indi- uh, Iowa, beat number 17, Indiana, 34-6 to on Saturday. And uh, Indiana kind of had a lackluster performance in its season opener, but it was mm-hmm. actually foreshadowed before the game was even uh, kicked off by a very peculiar mistake off the field. Kind of like that name on the plaque you were presented, Beach. Yeah. It, was, it was a spelling mistake. What did it say? So the jersey of freshman running back David Holloman read Indinia. I-N-D-I-N-I-A. They forgot the okay. A in Indiana. I-N-D-I-N-I-A. Instead of I-N-D-I-A-N-I-A. Indinia. Okay. Now, Beach, that was according to a video posted and then deleted by the Hoosiers' official athletics Twitter account. So they took a video of the guys running out on the field, and in it, you can totally see the misplay, the misspelled jersey. Now, it was posted to Twitter, so of course, like the internet is wont to do, viewers took screenshots of the embarrassing error, and it quickly made its rounds. 
Now, Indiana's wow. day didn't get much better after that mishap. Um, they trailed uh, the Hawkeyes 14 to nothing after a mere two minutes of play before ultimately losing 34 to six. Now, Beach, what's messed up is this isn't the first jersey controversy for Indiana either. In January, was it just on one, just on one jersey? Yeah, just one jersey. Okay. Now, in, in January, Beach, the Hoosiers removed the Big Ten logos from their jerseys and helmets ahead of, ahead of the Outback Bowl against Ole Miss. Now, many speculated that the university felt slighted by the conference, placing it in a lesser bowl game, despite finishing second in the Big Ten East Division, a notion that Indiana coach Tom Allen refuted. Well, then why'd they take off the logos? Exactly. And I just don't understand. I can understand why the player didn't realize it, right? Because mm-hmm. I doubt he's looking at the front of his jersey when he puts it on. Yeah. He's going to put it over his shoulder pads, put the shoulder pads on, and be done with it. But yeah, how did not, nobody it's else notice? It's not like there's, it's not like there's a, uh, a ceiling to, to floor mirror for the players to check themselves out before they run out on Well, the even field. if you are, it's going to be spelled backwards. Yeah. So you still might not notice it, but how does nobody else notice it with him in the locker room? Well, you know, Billy, they're how not does, supposed to look at, their eyes aren't supposed to go down. Their eyes, eyes up here, guys. Eyes up, eyes up here. Go look at my chest. Um, <laughs> how does the equipment guy not notice it? How does the manufacturer not notice it? So did they have a spare jersey for him? Uh, he ended up changing it, yeah. Or did he go Afterwards. to a different number? He had to go to a different number. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But still, it just, it looked bad, especially because they posted a video of him running out. Like right Mm -hmm. in the middle of the screenshot on their other own Twitter accounts. Anyways. So, uh, university of Indiana for having horrible spell check on your jerseys. This week's Tommy Tuberville jackass of the word. is for you. you you know billy it could have been the fact that maybe they graduated from uh oregon public schools <laughs> and you know standards are not required now yeah, for graduation exactly we don't care about spelling we don't care about spelling, math. spelling math science not that important as long as you show up yep. as long as you show up we'll Heck, that showing up's probably negotiable yeah i'm sure it is all right, Beach, yep. it is now time for our musical interlude for this week's show. Throwing Ooh. it back this season to 1991, since it's the 30th anniversary of the Heinrich Tailgater, mm-hmm. we're going back to the year it all began, 1991. And, Beach, my pick this week, I picked a song by a little grungy band out of Seattle called Soundgarden. Really? Yeah. The song is... Outshined. Now, written by frontman Chris Cornell, Outshine was released in 1991 as the second single from the band's third studio album, Bad Motor Finger. Now, it became the band's first single to reach the U.S. mainstream rock charts, where it peaked at number 45. The song was included on Soundgarden's 1997 greatest hits album, A-Sides, in 2010. A-sides. Are you there? Yeah. In an okay. interview, Cornell said, I've, quote, I've never really been biographical in my lyrics. So when I wrote a line like, I'm fe- I'm looking California and feeling Minnesota from Outshined, it just felt refreshing. 
He continued, one of the first times I remember writing something personal was on tour. I was feeling really, really freaky and down, and I looked in the mirror, and I was wearing a red t-shirt and some baggy tennis shorts. I remember thinking that as bummed as I felt, I looked like some beach kid. And then I came up with that line, I'm looking California, but feeling Minnesota, from the song Outshine. And as soon as I wrote it down, I thought it was the dumbest thing. But after the record came out, we went on tour, everybody would be screaming along with that particular line when it came up in the song. That was a shock. How could anyone know that that was one of the most personally specific things I'd ever written? It was just a tiny line, but somehow, maybe because it was personal, it just pushed that button. And I have to say, that that line for me has always stuck with me since the first time I heard that song. Really? Oh, yeah. I, I, I hate to admit it. I've never been a, I, I'm not really a, a huge Soundgarden fan. And honestly, if you play the song, I'll know the song, but mm. uh, they're, they're not, it, it took me a long time to get to uh, who's the band that sings rooster. Oh, Alice in Chains. Another, another okay. Seattle band. Yeah. Yeah. So never was a fan of Alice in Chains. It's actually, and you, you, I, I think I've told you this before, Bill, I don't know if I've told our audience, but, I'm always the guy who is the last to embrace any band. I'm never the first. Yeah. You know, I didn't like Guns N' Roses until the early 90s. I never liked Guns N' Roses before that. Never was really a fan. Mm-hmm. Um, and Alice in Chains, I remember listening to that when I was washing trucks out on the wash rack, uh, working, and never really got into it. And then it probably wasn't until maybe three or four years ago. Actually, it was when you and I went and saw Guns N' Roses. And, and Alice in Chains opened Alice up. Alice in Chains opened for him that I really listened to Alice in Chains for the first time yeah. and enjoyed them. Great band. Yeah. 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 Actually, I, it was, it was that moment. How many years ago? Was that three years ago we went and saw Guns N' Roses? Uh, 2016, Beach. Dude. Five, so they've been on this freaking not in our lifetime tour for five years. Yeah. Cause remember you were running for office. I was running for office. Yeah. Holy crap. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, so uh, here's one of my. I, I'm a big. I'm a big uh, Soundgarden fan. Um, I, mm-hmm. I enjoy it. They've got some just great heavy stuff. But here is Outshined from the album Bad Motor Finger by Soundgarden. <laughs>
All right. See, I love that song, Beach, because I love yeah. the, I love how heavy it is at the beginning, and then I love how it kind of goes up a bit when you start going into the uh, um uh into the, 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 chorus. the chorus. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm going to uh, on my commute in because I got an hour commute into work every morning. I'll uh, I'll flip on my uh, my uh, YouTube music to uh, play me some Soundgarden and see how I like. That's it. great. Um, you know, I'm a lot of I'm a real big fan of a lot of their um, uh, the the album that came out in 1994. Um, oh, what was the name of that song or name of that album? With like Spoon Man and Black Hole Sun and okay, yeah, yeah, I know those ones. That's a great album too. Did, now, who was the lead singer of that Chris, band? Chris Cornell. And he ended up being with Velvet Revolver, right? No. No. That was who the guy from. Um, that was the guy from STP. Okay, there um, we go. Sorry, I can't Sorry. think of his name. But yeah, um, he is. Uh, Chris Cornell was also in the band Audio Slave. Okay, I love Audio Slave. Yeah, same same lead singer, same main huh. songwriter. Okay, but he did go back to uh, Soundgarden after Audio Slave too. Okay. Anyways. All right, Beach, it is now time to preview week number two in the Pac-12. Good good, good pick, Billy. Good pick. I like that song. Uh, week you. number two in the Pac-12. All the games this week, Beads, are on Saturday, September 11th. Mm-hmm. So we're just going to start at the top and work our way down. First up, the big one of the week, Oregon at Ohio State. Um... I'm picking Ohio State. I, too, am taking OSU. Kyle says, the other OSU wins. Okay. Next up, Beach, Texas A&M at Colorado. Hmm. That's a tough one. Because Colorado's not supposed to be that good this year, so I'm guessing Texas A&M, but it's at Colorado. The uh, the hype might get to them, the air. But what the hell, I'm going to go outside. I'm going to say Texas A&M. All right, two, I'm taking A&M. Kyle says, the Aggies castrate the Buffalo. Yeah. Kind of what do they call that? If it's, if it's Rocky Mountain Oysters, what the hell do they call, uh, what the hell do they call uh, Buffalo Nuts? <laughs> buffalo Nuts, I don't know. <laughs> Can I get some buffalo nuts, please? All right, up next, Beach Cal at TCU. TCU is the only school that ever got the death knell, right? No, that's SMU. Oh, okay. Southern Southern Methodist, not uh, Texas Christian. Okay, I knew they were a bunch of religious religious right uh, zealots. Um, let's do TCU for me. I too am taking TCU. Kyle says, "Godless hippies feel the wrath of the Texas Christians." <laughs> they are godless hippies up there, aren't they? So we're all taking the same there. Next up, Portland State at Washington State. Gully, <laughs> I'm halfway tempted to take Portland State, but you know, I just don't think they're that good. If if um, who who is the old coach of the the one that meteor is going to land in your front yard or backyard? Oh, uh, 
Oh, what the hell is his name? Leech. He, no, he passed away. Who was the coach of Portland State? Oh, Portland State coach, Pokey Allen. Pokey Allen. If Pokey Allen was still coaching them, I'd probably go with Portland State. But uh, I, I think I'll go with uh, – Wazoo. I think I'll go with Wazoo on this one. They're going to try to redeem themselves from last week. Kyle says, Coog going to Coog, Portland State. Really? I'm going to take Wazoo. I'm not a big fan, but we'll take Wazoo. Next up, Beach, Washington at Michigan. Well, after last week's join, I'm going to take Michigan. Kyle says, Huskies keep throwing interceptions. Michigan. I, too, am taking Michigan. Okay. Next up, San Diego State at Arizona. You know, I'm going to take uh, San Diego State. I'm taking Arizona. Kyle says, Arizona fixes the problems they had with BYU. Arizona. Next up, Stanford at USC. Mm. I'm going to take USC because they cheat. You're going to take USC because they cheat. And they're, they're at home, so I think they'll cheat. I'm going to take USC just because I think they've got superior talent. Kyle says, USC, Stanford in decline, new coaches are coming. Wow. That would yeah, surprise who's, who's coaching Stanford? Um, same guy. I can't think of his name. He's a the, great the coach. black guy, right? Yeah, yeah. He's just he's a good coach. I just think they have a lack of talent at the present time. Okay, yeah, because he's always he, – he, I mean, he's the one that really brought him up and coming for the last, what, decade? Well, after Harbaugh. Yeah. But how long has it been since Harpa's been there? Probably twelve years. Yeah, yeah it's been a while. So you just had not been... right? Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably about ten years. Yeah. Okay, up next, Beej, UNLV at ASU. I'm going to take ASU on that one. All right, two. I'm taking the the Devils. And Kyle says. 9-11, 20-year anniversary. Pat Tillman. ASU will be worked up into a frenzy. ASU by a lot. Pat Tillman? Um, he, was, well, he was the he was player that... Player from Arizona that, State who was in the NFL who quit to join the Special Forces. And ended up dying, too, ended over there. Ended up dying, yeah. Probably in a friendly fire accident. There was a lot of friendly... Was that in Iraq or was that in Afghanistan? I think it was in Iran but I, or Iraq, but I can't remember. There was a lot of friendly fire in Iraq, I remember. Yeah. All right, Beach, last up, Hawaii at Oregon State. Well, I thought we weren't going to count this one, but mm-hmm. uh, I will take uh, – I'm shocking on this one, but I'm going to take Oregon State on, on it. I, too, am taking Oregon State. Kyle says, Bees, I will be watching from Missoula. Interesting thing, Beach, about last week. So you've got the North and the South in the Pac-12. Oregon's picked to win the North. So mm-hmm. you've got six teams, and we start out with Oregon. They won. Mm-hmm. Oregon State lost on the road, respectively. Mm-hmm. Played okay. Washington mm-hmm. lost, Pathetic. looking like crap at home. Washington mm-hmm. State Pathetic. lost, looking like crap at home. Cal mm-hmm. Pathetic. lost, looking like crap at home. Mm-hmm. Stanford Pathetic. 
lost on the road to Kansas State, got the crap kicked out of them. Mm-hmm. I think the Beavs have a shot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. I think the Beavs have a shot. Of, was it Dumb and Dumber? Where it's like, so what you're saying is I got, you got a, a chance. chance. Pretty much, yeah. I got a chance. <laughs> totally. Totally. So, Beads, let's talk about this week's tailgater. So the kickoff is at 8 o'clock on Friday. And that's 8 o'clock at night, right? Yes, 8 o'clock at night. Um, we cool, will be, dang, I'm we, going to be exhausted. We'll be out there at the same time because that Oregon game is early. What time is the Oregon game? Let me see here. Schedules. I think they play at like 11 or 10. They play early. Sorry, I was wrong. 9 o'clock. Oregon at Ohio State, 9 o'clock on Fox. Wow. So, so at least we'll have something to watch in the morning. Yeah, so we'll be out there early. Now, I did go and do some shopping. Um, so we are still doing um, the Kahlua Pig. We'll be doing the Show You Chicken. Okay. Um, rice, Mac Salad. Now, I went to Cash and Carry where I normally get all our food, and it was like old Mother Hubbard's cupboard there today, Beach. It was Just bad. Empty? It was empty. Um, Just... They had no ma- They had no pasta. And understand, this is How a place. This is a place that sells sell to restaurants. To, to, yeah. Restaurants. This is where restaurants go to buy stuff. And there was literally spaghetti and nothing else. I could get spaghetti or linguine. And nothing else. And I mean, there's there's shelves of it. Nothing. Um, the oil I get for deep frying, which normally runs about 35, 36 bucks for a five gallon thing. They didn't have the brand I normally buy. I bought the store brand and it was $56. So everything's going through the roof. Um, I was not able to get any flanken beef ribs. So flanken cut beef ribs. I'm going to try and get them for Saturday, but it's going to kind of be a wait and see. Um, they were also all out. I didn't get any rice either because the only bags of rice they had were 50 pound bags of rice. And I don't need to buy a 50 pound bag of rice. Well, if we run out of food, you sure as hell are. <laughs> so there was just a lot of nothing there. I was just surprised. It really surprised me. So anyways, so I'm going to do what we can. Uh, we will have food. Um, I did get some um, kind of Portuguese style sausages and buns for lunch. So if you come mm-hmm. out for lunch at, at, at 11, 1130 noonish, we'll have uh sausages um i got some deep fried stuff they had one thing of crab rangoons they had no coconut shrimp um they hardly had any shrimp period um they didn't have any mini egg rolls but i was they had no mac and cheese bites they had no cheese like uh mozzarella sticks they just they had nothing (laughs) so um i got a little bit i got some pot stickers i thought that might be kind of fun Mm-hmm. Um, instead of at your request, instead of going for a big well, bowl of chips, we, we got the, we got a lot of individual bags of chips so everyone could have their own. Yeah, if we stay with the the pot stickers, though, that's kind of keeping with a little bit of Hawaiian theming because yeah. there's a lot of Asians. Kind of kind of Asian, yeah, a little little Japanese. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, influence there. So, yeah, so I'm gonna try I, and find some flanken ribs. If not, I might have to figure something else out. I might end up buying some some chicken that you can deep fry and we'll throw some orange goo on <laughs> some orange goo yeah uh, all righty then 
We'll do some kind of orange chicken or sweet and sour chicken or something like that. I don't know. So, but anyways, cool. But we got some stuff. We got sodas. I'll be picking beers up here in the next couple of days, that kind of stuff. I wonder how many people are going to show up. It's going to be interesting. It will be interesting to see. So, yeah. um, I'm hoping for about 50 people. Um, that said, forever comes out. Um, just so you know, they will not be policing tailgaters for masks. So if you're coming out, you don't have to worry about that. Now that said, everyone should feel comfortable to do what they need to do to make themselves feel comfortable. That makes sense. Absolutely. If you want to mask up, mask up. You don't want to mask up. Don't mask up. You want to stay 20 feet away from everybody else. Feel free. Mm -hmm. But I just don't put any pressure on anyone else to do anything. If you want you to wear do a mask, you and let you you do you and let other people do them. Yeah, however that is, do yep. what do what you need to do to keep yourself comfortable. So that's that's all we're gonna say about that. Yep. So and I am gonna make up uh, since it is a later game. I am gonna make up a uh, cocktail. It's gonna be a Hawaiian punch with a kick. Oh, doesn't the Hawaiian punch guy doesn't he punch? Wouldn't it be a Hawaiian punch with a punch? Because doesn't the yeah. Hawaiian punch kid does punch you? Yeah, he punches you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so it'll be good. Cool. Yep, should be fun. Well, I hope we have good attendance both for the tailgater and the game. I hope so. A lot so. of people are are talking to me, you know, about what to, about coming out and stuff. So hopefully we have hopefully we have quite a few people. I just yeah, want people to come out and have fun. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how the mandate affects attendance in, inside the. Uh, how how did Oregon do? Did you see? Um, I know it wasn't a sellout. Okay. Yeah, it'll be and and I consider Oregon State a uh, a uh, little different in mentality than Oregon, so it'll be interesting to see yeah. how it turns out. So, I guess we'll find out in about uh, well when this airs. What about four days? Yep. Now I did look into what they're going to do to be getting people in the stadium. So mm-hmm. it sounds like they're going to have two different checkpoints. The first one will be to check your vaccine, whatever you need to check for that, and your ID mm-hmm. to kind of get and a in. photo. a photo on your phone works for that, correct? I believe so, yes. I believe okay. you can have a photo of your card, of your vaccination card, or a mm-hmm. photo of your negative test, or a mm-hmm. screenshot of your negative test, mm-hmm. and an ID, I believe. So once you get inside that perimeter, then they will check your tickets inside that. So, you know, we're, we're going to find out really early when we are out there tailgate to see what the uh, what the parking lot attendance is. I guess we'll see. We'll see. Yep. Yep. So, anyways, all right. Anything else to add, Beach? No, I think I'm good. I'm I'm excited. I'm excited to, just to be at a to tailgater. Actually, at a yeah, and actually, not, not only a tailgater, but a tailgater at Racer because we had a tailgater last year. Good two. But two, but a little bit neater to be like near the stadium within eyesight of the stadium. You know, mm-hmm. see the fireworks go off as we're walking our asses over there after we clean up Belt Mass. Correct. Correct. Yeah. So I want to thank everyone for listening to show number 161 of Illegal Participation. If you'd like to comment, send a suggestion, or ask a question, there's a couple ways to get in touch with us. HeinrichTailgator at gmail.com, at HeinrichTailgator on Twitter, HeinrichTailgator on Facebook. Remember to listen, subscribe, leave a rating and review wherever you listen to us. And Beach. 
Billy. I can't wait for Saturday. Stoked. And I hope I can find flank and beef ribs. I hope so too. Those flank and beef ribs. But uh, other than that, I think it's time for a great big Go Beeves. Hold on yeah. just a second. Hold on just a second, Beach. What? Yeah, you can bring in both vehicles. So you can work out. Stanford was down 24 to nothing before Tanner McKee's 14-yard touchdown pass to Bryson Tremaine with 316 left on its left. Stanford was down 24 to nothing before Tanner McKee's 14-yard touchdown pass to Bryson Tremaine. I like beer.